to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Well, it's pretty amazing to be here because <laughs> I was here when I was 10. I came to this church a few times and the building was a lot smaller. About here, I think. Somewhere about here? Back of it. Oh, well, it felt very small because I was so little then. And um, it's just amazing to be here. And I just, I'm aware that um, two of the saints moved on last year and there's probably others. Um, ben, who of course I knew well, and it's nearly his year, and Brian. And there's probably others that I don't know, but you know, and... Um, I just remember them today because we all stand on those that have gone before. This church is here because there were people that were faithful and it happened and it's still here. And, you know, I'm just so excited to be here, not because of anything I am, just to have a look at you and just to think, wow, you're just faithfully here in this space. Tino Paito Mahi. Awesome. I'm just uh, blown away. Well, I was asked for a scripture for today, and um, we'll be looking at some scripture together. But I want to tell you a little story about a, a bird, just an ordinary bird. It's not even a, you know, kedadu or tui, just a black bird that uh, decided to build in the carport. And I obviously wasn't very attentive for a while because I would drive in and there was this growing pile of sort of, you know, twigs and moss and and I'd think, what what the what's going on here? Didn't look up. No, no, no. I looked around and I thought um my neighbour might have pulled some weeds out of the drive or something, I couldn't work it out. And this went on for about 10 days or might have even been two weeks. And finally I looked up and I saw the problem. 50 millimetre wide beam, bird trying to get her nest made. See the problem? Definitely a problem. It's not wide enough. And I thought, this, this bird is becoming demented because it's set its mind that it's going to build here and, and it's not making any progress here at all. It just keeps crumbling. So get out a ladder, get out a drill, a little bit of DIY, and I add another, probably another 50, 50 by 50 roughly, put it in. And voila. <laughs> Mama bird? Nest. By the next morning, there's this much next nest, but laid about this much, and now there's a bird sitting up there, and I'll probably rue the day I ever did that because I sometimes hang washing under that there carport, and you can imagine what's going to happen once all that fledglings start flying and they <laughs> messy. But it reminds me how we can sometimes miss the central point. And we can miss it because we're too busy going hither and yon, or we're just too busy, we just don't what look, we don't look in the right place, we just miss it. And this morning as we look at the scripture, and I'm going to use um, the message, it's in Philippines 3, 1 to 11, and 
behind you, slides will come up with a little bit of the context of the time. And I'm not going back to that because I suspect you know it or Murray will have said it because you've been looking at Philippines. And I'm just going to look at what Paul actually says in this particular scripture. And I've got to say that in our Western world, where the prevailing culture may or may not look any different from the business models or a country club association, the scripture today places emphasis where it should be. It puts it squarely back that this is about, our Christian faith is about relationship, relationship with God, God who moved into our era. First and foremost, relationship with God and then with each other. And both of those things can be tricky. So we're going to have slide five and six and we're going to start reading the scripture together. I guess I could read it out of my Bible. Be glad in God. Don't mind repeating what I've written in earlier letters. Don't mind me that I do that. I hope you don't mind hearing it again. Better safe than sorry. So here goes. Steer clear of barking dogs. Oh, I do like the message. Whose religious busybodies all bark and no bite. Perhaps I was like that at camp. Oh, dear. All they're interested in is appearances. Knife happy circumcisers. All the men are groaning. The real believers are the ones the Spirit of God leads to work away in the ministry, filling the air with Christ's praise as we do it. We couldn't carry this off by by our own efforts, and we know it, even though we can list what many might think are impressive credentials. Now, you see, Paul, Paul had a, an amazing CV. If it was sent out to a job, and it was Jewish, of course, may not have worked for other cultures, but if it was a Jewish place, he would have been esteemed because he had, he ticked all the boxes. And he, so he's saying, well, guys, watch out for the people that are saying mutilate the flesh. Don't, don't go back to that. You don't need to go back to circumcision. You don't need to, people don't need to become Christians um, via becoming Jews first. But maybe a bit like Māori don't have to become Pākehā en route to becoming Christians. That was never God's intent. God's intent was for people to know Jesus present, living amongst us. And so he, he gives, he, he says some strong things. He basically says that, um, you know, that this whole focus on circumcision and those Jewish ideas just needs to be thrown in the trash. It's like doggy do. I can use those words here because some of you are farmers and you know these words. And he was saying, although I've got all this, and I could claim all these credentials. That is not what matters. What matters is people saying yes to serving in ministry and being empowered by God. That's what matters. Not all the credentials. It doesn't matter if you're a bank manager or a farm owner or you're the head of the Marae Committee. 
Although those things have got value, that's not what matters most. What is what matters most is our willingness and our availability. Now, reading the psalm, yes, all things I thought were so important have gone from my life compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand. Everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant. Now, if we can go to that slide where I talked about what is, what do I, what do you, what do we put our confidence in? Honestly, chocolate to keep you awake from a double shift, I reckon, and you too over there. Well, that's right, the rat in his sleep, that'll do. What, where are you putting your confidence? Where am I putting mine? Honestly, 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 COVID-19 vaccination? No, we're all a bit worried about that. It'll probably be produced too quickly. Mind you, I think if we lived in a country where we were seeing thousands of the people we love dying, thousands of people in our country dying, we may look at that differently. Maybe. Number of grandchildren and great-grandchildren, because then you should get looked after in old age. But also it's quite a prestigious thing. It's a good thing. What about your qualifications? What about what about your status in your workplace? What about the housing market, the share market? I mean, loads of people that have got a bit of money in the share market or the housing market, and as we all know, the housing market's very buoyant at the moment. Good health. How often do we put our uh, um, our whole sort of confidence that our health's okay, and and so, and people are thankful to God. Well, absolutely, let's be thankful that our health is good at this moment, perhaps. May not last, we don't know. Parents, significant others, status, money, where do we put our confidence? Paul's saying, I had all that. I had all of that, but that is nothing. Nothing at all compared to me knowing Christ. Now, you know that. You've heard this before. This isn't new. The very credentials these people are waving around as something special, I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash, along with everything else I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. You know, in the church we can be guilty of looking for people with certain qualifications to do certain jobs in the church. I honestly know, I'm not sure about that. Sure. Sure, there's places to, to use the expertise, but we need people willing. We need people that are, that are listening, are trying to listen. And I only say trying to because we're, we're sometimes not very really good at this. Listening, listening to what Christ is saying and moving with it. He's, and, and so you can have a, per, per, a person, sorry, that has all the background in the world to be able to be great in your leadership team. But if they don't have the Lord, if they're not connected, it's going to be hard work because there'll be no faith. And if you throw out a vision, they'll go, well, you know, I remember my board used to say, want a zero budget, Nettie. We're no profit here. It was just a zero budget. It's pretty. We were poor. So I'd do a zero budget. Anyone can manipulate figures. I was honest. 
And then I'd say, well, here's, here's the zero budget. But if God doesn't supply, it will not be zero, it'll be negative. Now, I wasn't saying that to be cheeky. You all think I was cheeky. Well, I might have been a bit. But it's because we needed God. Unless God builds the house, we labour in vain. And you know what? I think we as Western Christians, and I include myself, of course I do, we do too much without expecting the Spirit of God to enable us, to stir us, to lead us forth and to provide for what we need. God still wants to provide for your needs, whatever they are. Absolutely, that's our God. You know, Paul had a powerful conversion, you all know that, and he embraced a new way. A new way, in other words, he left the old behind. In other words, he was no longer enamoured by all the things he used to be enamoured of. So money wasn't his main thing. And again, I'm not saying that money isn't important, but money is so easily our God. Security is so easily our God. I have to ask myself on that. Paul had this conversion experience, like Kim Walkman. I always want to call him Wartman, but it's Workman. Do you know? Do you know Kim Workman? Well, he he's a man that. Um, who has done a lot for prison ministries and the whole restorative justice. And in his teenage years, he is a bit of a bit of a loose cannon. And uh, but he would go to church and he would do jobs in church, but all the time, you know, God really wasn't anything with him at all. And then he had a really he went on in his life, he had this really sad time in his life, and so he decided he was going to become an agnostic. Turn his back, and there's no God. God never helped me through this, so I'm just going to turn my back on it. And um Kim Workman journeys along, and out of nowhere comes this experience with God. He has an encounter with God that changes his life and he becomes the man that uh, leads through with uh, prison fellowship. Any of you that have got friends down in prison, prison fellowship. He he set up a prison wing um, that was Christian for prisoners and he has been an advocate both with government and in communities for men uh, particularly men, but not solely men who are in prison. And that is because he, one, had this encounter with God and had knew the presence of God and, and his whole journey was transformed. And he also connected, I, I need to say, back with his culture. He, he is um, to his Māori tanga and he connected back with that And those two things, his Christianity and his connection back to his culture, made him a powerful force. And he's still alive now, and he's just put out a new book about restorative restorative justice. Yeah, that's right. Oh, the book, Baptism? Right. Oh, this could be a word for people. Baptism. So exciting. Wow. One of the most exciting things in the Christian calendar is when people say, yes, I want to get baptised. If you haven't, make that step. Absolutely. Where you go, I die to my old self and I rise to a new life. My life is not going to be the same again. Yes? 
you know, people. We can't just come to church and go through this and through this and through this. What is God saying to us? What is he saying to you as a church? What is he saying to you as individuals? And I don't care what age you are, because I'm older. And I have to keep saying, what is God saying to me? What are you saying? God's saying that to you. You may have young children, and that's got a particular season. Some of you are teenagers. Some of you are my age and older. But God is saying, what what have you got to bring? Hey, you know, what's the point of going to church and just going through these, you know, every Sunday? Paul would say, if he was standing here, and he was a cheeky fella, he would say, come on, guys. It too. See, even the Jews speak a bit of Māori. It too. Heidi, Heidi. His conversion and where he was at with Christ made all the difference. Murray mentioned Whānau Pūtahi, which means the family centre. And when that was set up, it was set up as a a place of early intervention with families. So before it was being talked about early intervention, we were doing what you call early intervention. But there was also a, a new church plant there. And there were couples and some people that weren't couples that came across from Central Baptist. Some of them were young. They had young children. Some of them were... One couple was 60, in their 60s, and they came across. And they came to something totally different to what church looks like for you here. It was messy. Probably most of the people that came to church were not Christians. We had rumbles in the car park on Sunday, regularly, because it was just in the local community. And it was all the things that our tidy little churches wasn't. It, it just wasn't that. It wasn't. And one after one particularly bad day where we had had people from the national office down who came down, and at that moment there was a domestic, uh, one person running up the ramp, another one screaming out of the loos all where they were coming in. And when we got through that, I remember saying to the Lord, what? What is this about? You know, you see, God had given me a vision, a picture, years, decades before. And that day when I said that, the Lord said to me, I put my treasure in, in, in um, earthen vessels. In other words, I put my treasure in ordinary things. And I looked at all of us that had come across, and we were just ordinary people. Oh, sure, some had some great qualifications, true. But we were ordinary people being obedient. And that work still continues. And I'm doing a bit down there now. I've had a gap away from it, and only by invitation. I'm not barging in. I don't want you to think that. But our faith... To say yes to Jesus is to go on a journey. And it's to say yes when you're a teenager, saying yes every day. In fact, I think that word yes to God is such an important word and I have to pray it often. Yes, God. 
what are you saying? Yes. Now that team that originally went to Tefano Putai scattered. They were with the Lord, but they're doing different works in different places because that's what that's what God does. You know, he, he, we may stay here at Huntley or we may be sent somewhere else. Maybe just down the street or, or across the river. In our, our case, we were sent across the river, but I live there. So I was not having to cross the river because I live in that area. You know, around New Zealand, there are young couples that are moving into neighbourhoods and just living amongst the community. Up and down New Zealand. Isn't that marvellous? Young people going overseas, saying yes to the Lord. Well, Paul says the most important thing, and he uses strong language, the most important thing, to me a tuatahi, te onre, te timatanga me te whakamutanga o te au. Number one, the most important thing is for me to bring my honour is, is Christ, the beginning and the end of all things. To know Christ, to embrace Christ and be embraced by him. And I want to say what comes first. He says to embrace Christ. Christ embraces us first, hey. You know, this couple that were 60 and said yes to Jesus and they had been Elders and deaconesses, you know, on the day we had deaconesses. Do you have deaconesses? You know, you don't have deaconesses. Well, here they were in their 60s, early 60s, and they made the shift to something different. And they were our cooks, and they cooked and cooked. In the last little while, Merle was compromised. She had dementia. But, you know, when she prayed, she prayed, and she could just connect with God, and so could her husband. And she's gone to be with Jesus, and on the 20th we'll remember her, such a precious woman who's gone to be with Jesus. But till the last, faithfully loved her Lord and served him. I know a teenager who's, you know, hasn't developed all sort of, she's, she's quite a slight girl. And she's really confused about her life and who she is. And it's a really difficult journey for her. But this I know, she loves Jesus and she keeps looking to Jesus in the midst of it all. Well, Paul said this, we need to embrace Christ. And this is so important. I wasn't present to the blackbird in the roof. I missed it. But God often speaks parables to the things about us, round about us. So stay attentive. And I ask the question, what is the enemy of our attention? Because if God can't get our attention, how is God ever going to speak anything to us or direct us to something different? If we are constantly on the pedal of life, accelerator. I mean, Jenny talked about going to that retreat, and some of you did. And I would have gone there if I wasn't coming here. I decided to be stay home. You know, are we just being led by ought tos? 
or are we being led by the Spirit? Now, by the way, in the church there are ought tos. You know, if you if you have morning tea, well, everybody can give a turn with that. You know, and somebody's got to vacuum the church, and somebody's got to mow the lawns. But what about with ministry? What is God saying? Are we doing? Oh well, I best go and do Sunday school. I don't really want to because Murray's on my case. You know what? God has got the people in here to do these jobs. I want to say to to you, youth, take up the challenge to have some time when you're device free. You know, half an hour over dinner at night. I'd be willing to sponsor a prize, actually, if the youth could organise a little competition between now and the end of year. Okay? Now, I, this is, I, it's not a lot of money, but I, I will give the winner, if you just work it all out, I'll put money into an account by internet banking. Teenagers that want to spend the next 21 days with half an hour is half an hour enough over tea, parents, here? Not enough. You want more. One hour. Anything up on one hour? I see one hour. Can I see one hour? For... Oh, no, I can't. Okay. What, one? What do you think? Murray, it's your decision. Half an hour or one hour? One hour. One hour? Okay, for 21 days. And I will deposit money into your account. You can come and ask me later how much it will be. Okay? Be attentive. God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to every one of us. He wants to speak to me. God wants to say, this is the way, walk in it. Who knows what new ministry God wants to do out of Huntley Baptist or here within here? Who knows? I don't know. Give space to your relationship with God. You know, we can't just come to church on Sunday. That is not enough. If we're going to be people of the way, we need to be regularly reading scripture and allowing space somehow. Now, those of you with tiny ones, I I know people like Lynn Harrison, Ben's wife, she would stick verses up on her windows and she would learn them or on her mirror. You know, you're obviously going to do things a bit different. But find a way to read scripture or listen to it. Or check out YouTube teaching and worship. Go look and keep feeding yourself. I don't know about you, but to love people that are a pain in the <clears throat> to me, I have to keep reading scripture. I have to keep, I have to keep, I, I've taken to the Lord's Prayer, you know, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. You know, those words. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Yes, yes. So give space. Any relationship, you couples, obviously your relationship needs space. You children with your parents, give relationship space to grow. Prayer, which includes silence. Confession and forgiveness, you know, We need to be forgiving others because that's what we're asked to do. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those that sin against us. Oh, that can be hard sometimes. Some people, because they just metaphorically just keep slapping you in the face. But that's what we're to do. 
And that's why we need to give time because, you know, when we spend time with God, wherever you do that, it corrects us, it realigns us. And we, I, need a realigning. Cindy Ruakiri at the Justice Conference a couple of weekends ago, she said, we need realignment. We need realignment to the word. We need realignment to the issues of the world, I think it was. And I'll add, we need to rekindle. We need to rekindle our hearts towards God so we're not just going through the motions. This yes to God, surrender and transformation are the two sides of a coin. As we surrender, as we say yes, surrender is an old-fashioned word because we're not out in war going, yeah. As we surrender, as we say yes, God is able to do something in us. And we all need changing. Yes? Or are you all too good? You probably are. I talk to churches and they're all goods. Goodies. Good. Thank you. I have one down here that's confessed. You know, yes. And keep on saying that. Not just yes, 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 but yes. I'm going to walk your way, and your way, God, is about relationship with you. Your way is about forgiveness, myself forgiven, and I am offering forgiveness to others. Your way is about relationship. Your way is that I go outwards into my workplace, into the streets, into my community, and I share the most important thing is Jesus. You know, in these days, a lot of people, and some of you will have felt it, you will have lost perhaps income, and things will be insecure. Well, the rock is Christ. And I don't want to say it as a little platitude to you, but that's where we need to go first, first and foremost. Lord, I can't do this. I can't feed my kids. I don't know if some of you are look at bringing up your grandchildren. Oh, my goodness, that's a huge issue now. Wow. Well, you know, God, I can't do it. Centering prayer, you know, where you, you just pause and you may, you know, that what would Jesus do? You know, just there's that TV ad now that says breathe, doesn't it? Well, I'm just going to add a bit to that, convert it. Breathe with a prayer. I can't do this. Or just pause, press pause. What would, Je- what would Jesus do in this situation when you want to sh- somebody's neck? Oh, come on. You know, we all have those feelings sometimes. Some people are... Okay, I can only talk to a few of you because I can tell you identify with my... Thank you. Centering prayer. Just pause. Have something where you pause, you know, when you're driving. Well, don't pause while you're driving because people behind you wouldn't like it. Just pause and say, God, whenever, just ask. Reading, pondering, weighing up. Today. God, realign us. God, reorientate us to your word. Rekindle our hearts. 
you know, a, a, a woman came to me recently and she said, Nitty, I found a church and it was just like it was back in 1980. And I go, inside I'm going, what? What? 1980? We don't, we need to know what we need for now. You Sorry, folks. We've got to move on. And to move on and to say yes to the Lord, it's highly likely he will ask us to relinquish something. You know, the child with a, this is my favourite one, big jar of lollies, and they, they're allowed to get one. They put their hand in, they get too many, and they can't pull it out. We're a bit like that. If we want to say yes, if we want to say yes, then we're going to have to relinquish. We're going to have to let things go. And that's for us as individuals and our families and in the church. As hard as that may seem. I know, I know there'll be people here and you've done things. And nobody has talked to me about this. So if I'm saying something, Murray and Jenny have not been saying a thing. I'm just saying it because I find it in the church all the time. People saying, oh, oh no, they're going to put the chairs around another way. It was great in a church where we put the chairs out all the time because we could put it different ways. We did. Realignment. Reorientate us to your word. Rekindle our hearts. Now you can walk out of here and you can say, oh, well, that old biddy, she's done her bit. Or you can say yes to the Lord today. You can say it's going to look different. I'm going to be who I'm meant to be, who whatever God has for me at this stage of my life. And that is a choice you can make. And that's the, that's the challenge I lay down, that I believe God wants me to break, because it was the scripture you gave me, it's your fault. Just imagine what Huntley would look like in the surrounding area, wherever you live. If you leave here today and you're determined to just say yes more and to build this relationship with the Lord and to read scripture and see what we're meant to be doing as Christians around all the injustice of our world. Sorry, I had to put that in. Let's just have a moment of silence. Just You have your own little cordial, your own little talk with the Lord. And I'll have my own little talk. While people keep their eyes closed, I want to ask all of you that are over 60, are you willing to say yes afresh today and allow the Lord to use you however he may choose? And would you be willing to stand up to say yes? Absolutely. Stand with me and say, our life is not over. It too. I'll be available. Yes. Lord Jesus, I pray for these ones. I pray that you, your spirit will come and empower them to be whatever they're meant to be in this next step. Make it clear. Help them to see things as they leave this building that you may talk to them through the birds or a, a person across the street or whatever, that they would stay faithful to this today. I pray in your wonderful name. Feel free.